and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to a quarter three strands podcast. This is uh, Ron Young. And though Allison is not here with me, uh, I do have a special guest, Dr. Timothy Derlin. He is the vice president of the Association of Classical Christian Schools and a friend of mine. He's got also uh, experience as being a head of school. So we have that in common. <laughs> and Tim's here to talk to us about uh, classical Christian education and why we should send our kids to a classical Christian school. So Tim, welcome. Thanks, Ron. It's, it's great to be here. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So Tim, if you could, if you could maybe describe for our audience, just your journey into classical Christian education, like how did you, how did you pick this career and what, what is it about it that made you want to give your life work into it? Yeah, well, uh, it's um, we all have a, d- a different journey to this, right? So I, I grew up in Ohio. I attended Purdue University. I studied education and was drawn to helping and teaching in that way. And uh, so I did serve one year at a, a public school in 1999. And then at that time in the late 90s and early 2000s, my brother Steve had enrolled my niece, his oldest daughter, into a classical Christian school in St. Louis, Missouri in, uh, in 96. And so he was feeding me a lot of uh, standard information. The first thing he gave me was from Greg Strawbridge, a little pamphlet that, uh, uh, yep. that Dr. Strawbridge wrote, and then started reading some different things from uh, Dorothy Sayers and Doug Wilson and, and lots of different folks that he kept feeding me, and um, certainly C.S. Lewis and others. And I finally got to the point, Ron, my first child was born in 2004. And as I held him, I remember distinctly, I was in an arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I had just finished an event there. And uh, I was, I was current at that time, I was coaching college wrestling and uh, I was working at at Penn State uh, as an assistant coach there and holding my, my, my infant son, I realized all right, I need a different career track. I need to get back into class, into education. And this classical Christian education seems to be where it's at. And so I jumped in, went back to school to get a couple degrees and, and uh, get involved in school administration. Excellent. Yeah, I had, the, I had a similar situation and, and it was the almost the identical readings, I think, convinced me. My, I, my son was already born. I think he was about four years old when I was thinking about what, what are we going to do with him in terms of his education? 
he started reading a little early. We were, we were going to delay his education. And we, as a knee-jerk reaction, he went to a public school kindergarten. And, uh, and I just started looking into things. And yeah, the Strawbridge article, I, I, that pamphlet, I remember reading that. And Dorothy Sayers and a number of other things. And it was like, yeah, this, is, this makes perfect sense. So Yeah, we're very similar because I, I did en- enroll him when he was a kindergartner into the local Christian school. The nearest classical Christian school was, th- was three hours away. And so after having him at the Christian school for three weeks, we talked to the administration and brought him home to teach uh, him and the rest of our kids for four years, trying to use a classical methodology as best we could at home before we got him into a, uh, a K through 12 ACCS classical Christian school. We did the same thing. We used uh, Susan Wise Bowers, the well-trained mind as a kind of a spine and, yeah, you know, did that and followed closely looking at Veritas press catalogs and... <laughs> It was it was a fun adventure. Yeah, that's the that's the same way. Uh, very very similar, Ron. I uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So that's why I always tell folks just just jump in, just jump in. You can do it. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And and I will say we're we're a little older, and uh, our our kids were. You know, it was it was a um, I don't want to say you know back in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, and we're looking at homeschooling was, was not quite as, uh, as big as it is now. Like it, it's exploded. Um, the materials and the things. It wasn't as accessible then, was it? No, no. It was like, we were, I think people still look at homeschoolers sometimes and think it's weird, but man, back then it was, people really thought we were weird. You know, it, it, it was still that, that thought of, you know, you might get, someone might call the child protective services on you or something if they saw their, your kids out when you're homeschooling them. But yeah, my wife yeah. and I were raised in really uh, conservative Christian families, and her parents and my parents both looked at us uh, strangely and had some concerns when we when we jumped into homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because now I look at people who send their kids to public schools with concern. It it's um, you know, it's a different world, I, and I I think that's one of the things that um, you know, as an elder in our church and talking to people. Um, who are considering education for their ch- children. I think a lot of times when I'm talking to them, they have a lot of assumptions about what's going on in a public school be- mm. because that assumption is based upon their, their own experience. You know, that the, that the public school somehow is the same as it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And, um, and, and, it, and it's, it's not. Um, yeah. But um Anywho, you, you, so you guys started off homeschooling and then how did you get them into a classical Christian school? Um, when I, so like I said, I, I went back to school to get a master's and doctorate so that I would be prepared and, and both programs let me, let me really kind of tailor and, and focus on classical Christian education. And um, I wanted to do that just in effort to prepare myself to lead well. And then, and then um, some folks in Delaware hired me on to serve one year uh, as a principal and then step in as head of school. And so I went over there and enrolled my kids all in, uh, in a classical Christian school there in Delaware. And we were there for six years and then, uh, and then moved to another job being a head of school down in Alabama. But uh, yeah, that's what it was. We finally, after four years, I think my son was going into fourth grade third or fourth grade when we got them shifted over to a five day a week, uh, classical Christian school. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. 
Yeah, our kids, uh, we, we had the first two went through all the way through um, homeschooling. Um, and then, and then uh, uh, when I was able to, to get on board at, at Providence Academy here in Green Bay, um, the, my kids have followed in there. And I've got uh, two graduates of Providence Academy, and I've got one who's uh, a, a freshman at, at Providence. And it's oh, just been a wonderful, fantastic. just a wonderful experience. And um, no, I, I, I just have, have been thrilled to, to see, um, you, you know, the, the product, the end result of a classical um, Christian education is just uh, phenomenal. So let, let's talk about that. Um, why, why a classical Christian? Why, why does it need to be a classical Christian education rather than just a Christian education? Oh, I had to wrestle through that too. And um, I think a lot of folks have that question. For me, a classical Christian just seems to be the most intentional form of Christian education. And so just being intentional in curriculum, intentional in um, teaching methodologies, intentional in infusing the gospel and uh, God's word throughout the entire curriculum intentional in aligning in aligning all of the curriculum with itself and so it 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 all just makes sense from year to year as kids are being taught uh intentional in discipline and discipleship with working with kids hearts and teaching them about this great river of western civilization that we're part of that's existed for thousands of years so we're not just jumping into something that's um, relevant to today, we can understand what happened in the past and and be much better prepared to operate for the glory of God in in modern times. And so it's um that's what that's what drew me to it because uh, I I did ha- attend a Christian school when I was younger and I thought, you know, I don't, I don't want to get involved in something like that. It didn't seem robust enough in Christian formation or in academic um, uh, excellence. And so, I don't know. It's, what, what do you think? It's, uh, is that a good starting yeah. point? No, that's a great starting point. Uh, the way I looked at it is a lot of the Christian schools I've seen, it feels like they're doing public school with a Christian, you know, chapel on the side. Like it's... um. In other words, um, the, the the church or or scripture or however you want to put it is isn't sufficient for creating an educational system. It's like we're just taking something that exists in the public school, the progressive education, and just adding Christ to it, rather than Christ being the foundation of it. Right. So even even um, even and so my audience, I think they're they're going to resonate with this too. It's like what what is the whole purpose of education in the first place? And and I think the the predominant answer is is to get a job, right? We we want our kids to be able to get a job, and and that's a horrible um, end in mind, right? And whereas a yeah. a classical yeah. Christian education has has thought of it from the beginning, like what is the purpose of an education? Well, it's it's to it's to form a good person and in, and you know, like Tov, right. From the Hebrew word in when God made us and he made us good. And there's a, there's a, an end in, an end in mind that is, um, is about the, the character 
um, of the, the person um, mm. rather than the, the end result of being able to get a job. And I, I think that's, and so it's, it's a completely different experience um, and a, a completely different end. It is. And, ju- and, and that's what, that's the intentionality that, that is so beautiful um, because it is about cultivating the human and, and, and bringing out these uh, setting the table for the Holy spirit to work. Right. So we're being just very yeah. intentional so that uh, he can move in these children and, 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 and produce the fruit of the spirit. And, um, and like you said, job training, it's just so, um, I mean, that's easy. Any, anybody can do that. That's we're, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing something much deeper and, and training these kids yeah. for life. And, um, yeah. if they go to college, it's one, one thing along the way of life. If they get a job here or there, that's just one thing we're, we're really seeking to shape them. And that's why I love what you're doing at uh, Palantine and, um, and everything that you're involved with, with creating Christian culture and, and Paideia. Yeah. That's another beautiful thing about classical Christian education. It comes along with this great community of robust Christian living. Yeah, oh, I, I totally agree. I, I think the, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a couple of things that I, I think have been wonderful too, about being part of the, the classical Christian um, movement really is, is the seeing the, I mean, really giving a lot of deep thought into what we're doing. Um, like when, and, and you probably experienced this too, I think when, Back in 2000 or 2004, I think the predominantly the predominant view of a classical Christian education was going to be developing a Christian worldview. And and as the the movement kind of matures and thinks, we understand, you know, then along comes the the ideas of well, it's not just about our head; it's it's about our desires and and um, the shaping of of our desires and. Um, you know, I think the work of James K. Smith and, and mm-hmm. some others have, have come in and really helped form, um, you know, I, I don't know if it, if you guys, I, so just so the audience knows I've, I've been a head of school for, for many years, but I'm not an insider into the, in the ACCS. That, that's why I have Tim here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I sometimes explain it to parents as, as, um, you know, there's, uh, there's the, uh, this, this idea of, of, um, forming desires and, and that this comes through the culture of the school and not, not the didactic or the, the, the teaching is like classical Christian education 2.0. And, yeah. you know, yeah. our school kind of went through our, we were founded in 1993. We were one of the charter members of uh, the ACCS and, and it was interesting seeing the, the, um, the when I added the upper school to because we just were K through eight when I first got there, and then adding this the um high school, and then you know, so we'd have the grammar school and the logic and rhetoric school. Is that the grammar and the grammar school it w- was very um much built in that ACCS 1.0, I guess, and then yeah. the upper school was really the 2.0, and then we just moved into a new building and really working on making it all, uh, the, the same. And, um, it's, uh, but I think there's, there's 3.0 is I think here or working on it. I think that that's gotta be quadrivium. And, and I know I'm probably confusing the audience now, but, um, no, you, I, maybe I, share. Go ahead, Tim. I agree with you a hundred percent. 
I agree with you. Uh, uh, as we're recovering these thousands of years of education that have been been lost in the past 150 years, we um, it will be in stages. And so we we all tried. It's so funny. Our stories are very similar, Ron. My first headmaster job was at one of the founding schools as well that that uh, that uh, uh, launched there in '93. And uh, and um, and there was some movement that needed to be done um, because it was yeah. uh, very much that that first wave of okay, let's get let's get the curriculum right and let's get the pedagogy right, the teaching right. Yeah. And then once we unearthed that layer in our archaeological dig of of recovering classical Christian education, now we can dig down deeper into the formational aspects and the and the yeah. and the beauty. We talk about the true, the good, and the beautiful. And and now as we're going into maybe 3.0, we're really, mm-hmm. really uh, starting to rethink the whole system. Why do we have to follow a seven? bell schedule, a seven class schedule. Why do we have to, there's so many modern things that we're still stuck in that we need to continue to unearth and, and, and recover and keep leaning in and going farther. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And just wait until we start making suggestions about the first couple of years of just being a lot of athletics or (laughs) just running our kids and Making that's that's into- one thing we haven't recovered well yet. Uh, so we're, no. we we recovered a lot of the academics, uh, the the formational things. We're starting to recover some music, but we need to. I mean, the the first academy, Plato's Academy, was founded around the gymnastiki, right? The gymnasium, yep. and so we need yes. we need to recover that as well, and not just have it yeah. as an add on, but as a as a co curricular yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and 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 I would say too is um, the. I think, and this is going to sound really weird, but um, I think that our culture is demanding that the church talk more about what it what a body is, and um, yeah, and and to be able to um, train a a child not just their mind and their soul, but their body, and uh, and then that's that's an important and it and it and it's all connected. I mean, it's just and and then. Um, and that's going to require then that, you know, recess PE or, you know, gym, whatever, is not just some thing to run around in, but it's something to take seriously and, and to, um, to really help develop wh- what you are as a human being made in his image. Um, yeah, I totally and I think agree. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a battle that I think needs to happen at some point. Um, and it's, uh, you know, but. Well, some, sometimes you know, in academia, we'll yeah, <laughs> we will, we will. And, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've prayed lately that God will keep me alive long enough to see some of this beautiful fruit that's going on. I just, I'm so excited for the direction that, that things are going. And like you said, sometimes in academia or in uh, certain uh, traditions of the Christian faith, we we really focus on the mind and the knowledge, and we're almost gnostic, forgetting about the body. And so, yeah. realizing that that interconnectivity of of uh, body, mind, heart, soul that that uh, Christ talks about, lo- loving Him with everything that He's given us, um, and recovering that. And so, Ron, my my first duty at the uh, the classical Christian school I stepped into in Delaware. We knew I was going to be the headmaster, and so to learn everyone's name, the first year that I served as principal, I was I taught kindergarten through tenth grade PE, and uh, right. and so 
I was going back and forth between sweat clothes and suits back and forth. And the first month I was there, the, um, the, the, the school nurse thought that there was a flu pandemic because everyone was having stomach aches. Well, turns out I was just working them, working their core strength in PE and really pushing them hard. We had our, uh, one of our board members, Jake Spielbauer, he's a, he's both a pastor and a, um, CrossFit instructor. Okay. And, uh, he, he came in and did PE two days a week in the upper school. So middle school and high school. And, um, and he just thought, oh, we'll just do CrossFit. And man, the kids were just dying. It was, it was wonderful though. I think, um, that's great. You know, and, and I just kept thinking, man, we need to, we need to start doing this from the very beginning, you know, from kindergarten on and just make a, make it away. I even thought of, uh, I had another pastor in our, our town who also teaches Taekwondo and we did a, 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 a half a year in PE in the grammar school of, of uh, everyone taking Taekwondo. And uh, that was, uh, that was a wonderful thing to see the kids just, they're just getting into it. And it's, um, yeah. but um, yeah, so part of it's, I think just, thinking outside the, the box. And, um, then the hard part I think too, is you're, you're trying to run a, this sounds horrible. And so, uh, uh, audience, just please forgive me for a second, but, um, you know, running a school is a business as well. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, the, the more you rock the boat, the, the, the tougher it might be for a board to say, Hey, this is a great idea, <laughs> but, uh, but I think we just need we just need some test cases, right? Um, we do, but, uh, and I'm I'm excited, Ron, for the the schools that are currently starting in uh, in, yeah. in classical Christian education because I I think there's an opportunity for the ones that are starting now to go yeah. farther and be be more robust um, in what they're doing because because there's been so much learning and people are willing to continue to try new 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 old things, right? And so, right. um, so I, I'm excited for the schools that are starting right now. Yeah. So if, Tim, if you can just describe for, for our audience, like what is, um, what are the key components then to a classical education, a classical Christian education, um, in terms of, you know, I just mentioned things like trivia. I think we mentioned trivium, but I did talk about grammar, logic, rhetoric. Um, can you, can you go through that and why this is, why this is so crucial to what we're trying to do. Yeah, uh, we can, we can start the conversation, uh, as you know, because it is the entire culture and, and we use the word paideia and other things. It's so hard to, hard to nuance because it's, it's everything that we do, but, um, the philosophy that we want to learn from the great minds of the past, be part of the great conversation um, that has been occurring for thousands of years to be part of that, we need to pick up the original source texts and learn from Aristotle, have a conversation with Plato, um, sit down and dialogue with St. Augustine or Aquinas. Um, and, and the way we do that is to master reading in the early years. That's why we focus on phonograms and, and, um, and, and mastering our mother tongue, we start with Latin early on because it's a difficult language to learn and it helps with critical thinking and formation of, of work ethic and, and virtues like that, but also so that we can understand our mother tongue because 
um, you know, almost almost seventy uh, percent of our English words come directly from Latin, yep. and then the kids then the kids can learn all the other Romance languages because of that base. So, so wanting to engage in that great conversation. So, so books that have been written in the last hundred years, we'll see which ones stand the test of time. We'll see which ones are around five hundred years from now. So, it's difficult to to decide which books are um, most appropriate to read when we hit, you know, modern American history or or different different things. But um, boy, I'm rambling. I've never taken it that direction before. I I, uh, I actually sat down and tried to answer a lot of these questions in a little booklet I wrote recently um, on a uh, hundred common questions of classical Christian education. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah, I I, I talked to him in my little speech about. Um, you know that that grammar of of learning to um, uh, the the grammar of all the of subjects, you know, names, yeah. dates, and places, and history, and and um, those types of things that that kids that are young, you know, up through fifth grade or or so or sixth grade, um, can absorb much and can know things right, and um, and so we want kids to know a lot. Uh, that that that'll expand their mind. They'll give them curiosity, and we want to fill them with great stories that'll that'll help with their moral imagination. And yeah. um, you know, there since we we do believe in in uh, dragons, we need to we need to tell stories about defeating dragons and, <laughs> and things like yeah. that. And yeah. um, you know, as their as their brain switches in in um, you know that that middle school age when. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to describe it as each of my kids are made, uh, have to make their bed before they come down for breakfast and, um, and they dutifully do it every day, every day, every day. And then one day they'll come down and it's like, why isn't your, you didn't make your bed. And they'll, they'll say, well, why do I need to make my bed? And, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this is, you know, when three-year-olds do that, it's a stall tactic. But when a when a fifth grader or sixth grader is doing that, it's because their mind is wanting to know why. Like they want yeah. to understand. I I know that I'm supposed to, but I want to know why I'm supposed to. And and so this this becomes the time we want to teach kids logic, um, to be able to get them to um, understand things um, and um, make connections between you know history and literature and. Uh, the Bible and theology and those types of things. And then um, about their time, they're getting their driver's license. There's this new mind is, you know, going to another place where they're, they're acutely aware of, of more of, um, you know, who they are, who they are in relationship to other people, what they're, they begin to have opinions <laughs> and, and we yeah. want to, and, and, and some of them are quite good opinions. Um, but what we want to do is teach them how to to express what they believe eloquently and persuasively, and mm -hmm. and by belief it's it's more of the um, so if they can pick up a book a a, a great book you, I mean you mentioned Plato so they read they, they read um, you know uh, uh, one of his dialogues Euthyphro and and yep. uh, they're they're talking about um, what is piety and you know these these types of things and you know, which is something pious because the gods love it or is it, or do the gods love it because yeah, it's pious? So it's and, you know, pious. There's all these, yeah. There's, 
there's these great conversations and then and they'll develop an opinion. And so what we wanted them to do is, um, is express that, um, that belief that they have. It's the, it's the answer to the question. So what, right? So what does this mean for you? What does this mean for our culture, for our society, for our church, for our school? Whatever? And, and so this, this requires then uh, a reflection on what they know and understand. And so the, the fruit of that is wisdom. And, and so that, that, that um, this pedagogy with, the grammar stage, the logic stage, the the rhetoric stage is is producing human beings who can know and understand um, things and and also grow in wisdom. And uh, to me, that's the that's the part that just is exciting. And and I I try to tell them, you know, if you're comparing our kids with another school, you you'll see you'll think our kids might be academically advanced. I think, and you know, when they're in the upper elementary school and middle school stuff that, but where it really takes off where there's this huge separation I feel is in high school that, um, that you have, you have like our graduates have thought through so many of the great ideas, the, the big thinking, right. And they've had to, they've had to, they've had to struggle with them. Um, it's, it's not that the teacher has said, this is what you need to believe and regurgitate it to me. It's that they've they've come to a knowledge and understanding of these things, and then they've had to form their own opinion about it, their belief about it, and they have to be able to write about it and defend it. And it's an incredible difference in that kind of person than someone who's never had to do that a day in their life. And yeah. um, and to me, that's this is why I, you know, for me, this is really why I'm dedicated myself to this is because um, we need these people um, in our world. Um, we, we, we have to be training the, this kind of Christian um, for the sake of the world. It, and uh, yeah, go yeah ahead, I totally Tim. agree. Totally agree. This is the, we're training citizens, citizens in the kingdom of Christ and citizens for Wisconsin, for the United States, um, I was just over in Africa. There's the classical Christian schools thriving there. Citizens for those oh. countries, so citizens for our countries. That so we have a, a, a civic and moral society, but more importantly, Christian uh, citizens of the Kingdom of Christ. So yeah, I, I love how you mentioned the knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom. I've heard it. I've heard it also said that the three stages can can be tracked as knowledge belief and action since uh there's a lot of oh, yeah. action oriented things in in um in virtuous folks but if 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 students are not persisting into the high school into the rhetoric school they they there's a real danger there because they're leaving at a questioning stage they're questioning everything like you mentioned why do i need to make my bed why do i need to study history why do i need to uh, believe this Bible that that I've grown up learning, and so if they leave without that rhetoric stage where it all comes crashing back together, there there's just a there's just a a void there that's going to be filled by something, and uh, and so I think it's so important for moms and dads to persist through twelfth grade because sixth through ninth grade is hard. No matter where you're at, sixth yeah. through ninth grade is hard. <laughs> no matter yes, what school you're and at. Homeschooling, and so you got to persist through. 
Yeah. And they're, and they're, <clears throat> they, they get that uh, point, you know, in, in grammar school, they they want to please their parents. They want to please their teachers. They get to that middle school stage and they don't care. They, their, their main goal in life seems to be what is the least amount of effort I can put in and not get in trouble. And, <laughs> and it doesn't, and it doesn't, and really it doesn't matter what school they're at. That's just, that's just the, the, the way. And hopefully at a, at a classical Christian school, there can be a culture that's developed that's pointing towards hard work as being good. You know, you're not going to get rewarded, um, uh, relationally by being the goof off, you're going to be rewarded for being the serious student. And, um, in in many of the classical Christian schools, there's house systems and and Providence Mm -hmm. is one of them that has a house system. And, and so what you have is seven in our system at seven through 12th grade is in a house. And so what it is, you you have seventh and eighth graders who, uh, who have relationships with 11th and 12th graders and those 11th and 12th, 12th graders We'll kind of keep them in check, you know, and, and, um, it's, it's and a beautiful so it's thing, isn't it? They can, they is. can mentor them, mentor them into and bring them up into, uh, the upper school and, and it, and it allows them to serve and give back to the community now that they've gotten through and become 11th and 12th graders. And it gives those seventh and eighth graders something to look up to and an understanding, oh, that's how I should act. <laughs> that's how I should behave. Yeah. yeah. That, that behaving a certain way isn't cool. It's a vice. Um, yeah. and that, and yep. that's, and that's a huge difference. Um, and you know, it doesn't always, it, you know, and I, I don't want to set, set the stage for everyone thinking that every classical Christian school is like this perfect thing. It's, it, we're all sinners and there's, <laughs> and it's, and it's hard work, um, for teachers, administrators, and even those, uh, house captains, you know, trying to, trying to do this, but, but when, yep. the, when it's all directed in that direction, it, it sure makes it, um, easier um and and better um yeah. so it's just a, it's just a wonderful experience the the other part i liked about it too is with with my own kids is the the tremendous opportunity to to be involved in leading um we we have this intentional thing in our school and it's part of our mission statement is to develop leadership or godly leadership um because as human beings we're going to be put in to leadership positions, whether it's being a parent, whether it's, you know, being in, in your work, you know, what, whatever, there, there just seems to be yeah. that not everyone, not everyone has natural leadership gifts. Um, but we, we not only take some, um, classes in leadership, but there's, there's all this opportunity within the school to, to learn some of the competencies of, of leadership and, and to be, uh, mentored in that. And, and that also makes a, a huge difference that they're not, uh, they, they will come out of their schooling, um, understanding, uh, who they are in the world and, um, and they're not victims. They're, yeah. they're people who are expected, um, to take dominion and to, um, to lead. And it's a, and that's another huge difference is just their outlook on life is, is, a is vastly different. I think than, mm-hmm. than many mm-hmm. of many of the public school kids that I know who've, who've had that, um, you know, they're anxious about the future and, you know, they've, they've learned to become victims of everything and, um, yeah. they're ready to, ready to join the crowd to burn things down. And, and, uh, and like, like you said, Ron, it's not a, it's not a silver bullet. It's not a magic, uh, formula, 
but it sets the groundwork. And Notre Dame University just did uh, a research study called the Good Soil Report. You can find it on the Association of Classical Christian Schools website, tracking students who've graduated from our schools who are now aged 24 to 44. And uh, it really showed what you're saying, like uh, the the work ethic, the longtime friendships, the involvement in church, the um, the the civic engagement, just a lot of things that the now in, in the in the classical Christian world, they chose to just focus on uh, ACCS schools, Association of Classical Christian Schools. But my guess is that you'd have a similar thing across the the classical Christian landscape um, as the as compared to lots of other, uh, uh, schooling systems. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would believe that. I mean, one of the, one of my favorite things is, uh, so I have, four, like I said, four kids that were out of the house, um, one left. Um, but my, my uh, youngest son is in, um, finishing up medicals. Well, he's, he's done the first two years of medical school. He's going to do uh, clinicals up in Rochester, New York. And I just remember him, you know, he's busy studying for, for exams and all that stuff. And he goes, Hey, I have to put in my rec, uh, my, you know, my, my priorities for where I want to do clinicals. And he said, um, and he told me his, his first three that he wanted in terms of hospitals. And he says, dad, I don't have any time. Can you, can you see if there's any good churches in those areas? And so Uh, he's asking me that that's going to be one of his big reasons to where he wants to go is if there's a good church there. And so I got to do some research to find some good churches and I, and I send them a list and, and then he chose accordingly. And, um, and to me, that just was, that's just phenomenal. I mean, all my, my, my kids have been, um, in, involved in church while they were in college and they've, they've continued to be, um, members of churches as, as they've graduated and, and gone with their careers. And, and it's just a, it's just a great thing to see. And I, and I understand from the report that that's not unusual for, for kids who come through that classical Christian education and, uh, yeah. and it's yeah. wonderful. It's, a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I know, um, so I've, I've been 10 months away from serving as head of school now serving at, uh, the ACCS. And, um, we used to tell our kids all the time, um, our principal, our, our folks helping students look for what they're going to do after graduation. Most of the students would go to college and we would tell them the same thing. Number one, number one criteria for finding a college, is there a good church or two or three good churches in the area so that you can, can have that. Um, cause, uh, we're still living, right? It's uh, it's not a four year reprieve from life or the Christian faith. We gotta, we gotta have that as a, a staple, um, just like Absolutely. the, just like the, the, the cities that used to be built around churches. Like that's, that's how yeah. we need our life. That's how we need to make our decisions. So that's cool about your, uh, your kids doing that. Yeah. I've, and, I've and had our this, kids are strong was, coming out of these. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I've had some conversations with some of our graduates who've gone on and, and I go, you got a church that you're going to? And they go, well, I'm in this campus group. And I go, that's not a substitute for a church. That's right. Right. Your camp, the campus group is great, but you need to be there. You need to find a church to, to worship the Lord on, on, uh, on the Lord's day. And, um, because your, your, your time in uh, college is, is limited, but your time <laughs> in the church is forever. Right. Just, yeah. you know, and, um, and, and so that's a, that's, um, that's been a good thing. Most of them have been, um, finding churches, which is, which is great. Yeah. So that's tell fantastic. us, so, 
So a good segue into that is you're, you're vice president of the AC association of classical Christian schools. And, and, um, and I've been obviously involved in a classical Christians and as, and as a member school of the association of classical Christian schools, um, I'm, I'm helping start a school in, um, uh, Nina, Wisconsin, Valor classical Christian Academy. And, and that's, you know, clearly one of the things that I wanted is that it's a, it's a part of, uh, the ACCS. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what the, the work of the association of classical Christian schools and kind of what's, what's, what's been going on? What, what, a yeah, just give us an update on that and, um, would appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. As you as you mentioned earlier, uh, the association was uh, was founded in the early '90s. So there were there were three schools that started in 1980 around the nation. There was one in Idaho, one in Michigan, and uh, and, and one in Kansas. And and they didn't know about each other. And so the the, the folks in Idaho had an opportunity to write a book. That's the one that that um, that uh, Douglas okay. Wilson wrote and uh, got popular. But there was so much interest that uh, they needed to start an association. So fast forward to today, um, we now have over 500 schools in the Association mm-hmm. of Classical and Christian Schools. And Ron, just Wonderful. two years ago, just two years ago, there were 335. Two, and now two <laughs> years later, there's 500. There were 80 startup schools this year alone. And, um, and so it's just an amazing thing. So what it is, is just an association of like-minded schools. We don't take federal funding. So that way we don't have to follow race to the top or initiative 2020 or no child left behind or common core. We like to say there's no core, but Christ. And, um, yeah. and so, so, uh, that we, we have national conferences that about 1500 people attend every year. Um, it's in Pittsburgh this year. It'll be in Atlanta next yep. year and, and, and most likely Texas the following year. And, and we have regional gatherings for administrators. We have, uh, we have gatherings for startup schools to go in and spend two days in one of our schools. And, and um, we have a, a, a member resource center that has thousands of founding documents and contracts and curriculum uh, and videos that folks can download and use to start their school. And so it's just a, an amazing network of like-minded folks that are seeking to recover the true good and beautiful education that, uh, that lasted for thousands of years. And um, yeah. it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. So we represent about 70%, maybe 75% of the classical Christian schools currently in America. And um, like I said, they're popping up around the world. We have 16 international members now as well. That's awesome. Yeah. You were just in Africa. You, you mentioned Rafiki. Um, tell us about, cause that, that's an exciting thing. I've, I've, I've contemplated that would be kind of fun to, to do a trip. Ron, um, whether it's, a, you got to go, whether it's a two week trip uh, or whether it's a year long um, uh, service or whether you just go ahead and move over there for the next 30 years. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> So they they started Rafiki started as orphanages, and so in ten different countries after the the AIDS and Ebola pandemic uh, left a lot of orphans throughout Africa. They started orphanages, and then quickly realized, and so they're in they're, they have what they call villages. They're basically these little compounds of about forty acres in ten different countries. They realized pretty quickly, oh, we need to educate these children, and so they started classical Christian schools right there. And now they're, they're in the process of transitioning away from orphan care 
and um, and going full time into classical Christian education. So they're producing their own curriculum, K through 12 curriculum now that they're selling. And there's lots of schools using it and popping up. And Ron, brother, I got to tell you, I was at three different schools working with their teachers and observing. And I would put my own children in any of those schools. They are just, just beautiful, robust. I picked up a couple new things. Uh, I've taught rhetoric and I sat in one of the rhetoric classes and picked up a couple new things myself. And um, they're just they're just great. They're they're they love the Lord. They're they're studying the Bible every day. Uh, for the first 45 minutes of every school um, school day. And um, and they're all studying the same passage of scripture throughout their 10 villages throughout. Like, so they're all just this big community. Brother, it's it's wow. amazing. So they have, they have a headmaster awesome. and an administrator on each campus and they're missionaries, um, typically from America. And then the other 30 or 40 staff members are all local folks. So, so now they're, you know, if they have 300 or 400 students at a school, about 60 or 70 are still uh, orphans and coming through the system and they're just, they're opening up to people around the the community. A- anyway, yeah. sorry, that's, I, remember, I got excited about Rafiki. No, I, I remember them talking, uh, um, meet, uh, talking to one of the Rafiki folks at, uh, at an ACCS conference. And they, they, they said, you know, we, we have these orphanages and that we, we knew that we can't expect them to get adopted. There's just not enough people. And so yeah. we thought we got to, we got to raise them and, uh, as like in a family type of thing. And, and their, their, their thought was, well, let's, let's go ahead and, and, um, make these the future leaders in, in Africa. And I'm like, what a, what a phenomenal idea, you know, in these classical Christian schools all, all over the, you know, 10 of them in, in Africa. And they're just wonderful. And, and it made me think why th- this is, this is kind of what, we're trying to do at the, in the ACCS, I believe is like, yeah, our, our kids need, need an education. Let's give them the best education let's give them the education that they can be the future leaders in America. Um, yep. you know, yep. and, and it's, uh, um, it, and it might be, um, you know, this might take hundreds of years, um, but the, the seed beds of, of reformation have, have typically come from the church educating its people. Amen. Um, I know. I, Amen. I remember listening to George Grant talking about the uh, the Latin schools that came through the Brethren of the Common Life in in Europe, and how all the major reformers they they came from these Latin schools, these classical Christian schools <laughs> that were formed by parents who were part of the Brethren of the Common Life, and and that's kind of what I want to hopefully see that that people, the parents and stuff, get get a vision. This is what we're doing. Um, I, it might not be in my lifetime, but but I'd love to see the, the a, a reformation in in America, a reformation yes. in Africa, a reformation, you know, just just a beautiful yep. thing. I, th- yeah. I think it's going no, two, two directions. We're educating our children in in um, in classical Christian schools to be deep thinkers, critical thinkers, have wisdom and knowledge and and courage and and boldness, and in in uh, the non-classical Christian schools, um, a lot of times in the government schools, there's there's a lack of that depth going on. And so I think there's going to be yeah. a void that our our children and um, future adults, these future men, future women are going to step into. And it's a beautiful thing. We're, we're, not, we're not creating a fortress and pulling away from the world. We're creating a greenhouse right. 
and exposing yeah. these children to Christian and non-Christian thinking so that they can they can have strong, deep roots. So when they're transplanted out of out of our schools, they're they're strong. They're ready not to be blown to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just want to say, you know, in the in the several graduating classes we've had, it, what we've seen is that this is the case. Like we we see kids go off and they become leaders, you know, on their campus. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, it's just wonderful because they, they, they know who they are. They know what they believe. They, they <laughs> and they, they just naturally people end up following them. And it's, it, it's been, been a, been a wonderful thing. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. Tim. If, if there, there are listeners out here and they're, quickly going to the internet and they look up the ACCS website and they're trying to find a school near them and there, there aren't. And they think, man, it would be great to start an, a, a, a classical Christian school in my area. What should they do? There's there, uh, find a couple like, like-minded folks and jump in. Um, there's a, yeah. there's a, on classicalchristian.org. That's the Association of Classical Christian Schools website. So classicalchristian.org. You can find a school locator map and find if there is a school near you, you can find a list of folks seeking to start a school. But um, you can watch a video that uh, some folks made called Geronimo Amen that talks about a lot of the people that just just jumped jumped in and yeah. and, uh, and and sought to do it. And a couple practical things that could help. Um, for membership as a school in the ACCS for startup schools, it's $150. And, um, and that's a super cheap starting point. And you get access to um, all the conferences, the member resource center, a school startup handbook. Um, and so, and you get, you get uh, on the map. And so people can find you and start coming to. And a Herzog Foundation um, is not associated with ACCS, but they're doing great work. They have a free school box startup uh, startup um, class that you go through and they force you to list your board members and list your mission statement. And there's there's nine different classes you can go through for free from the Herzog Foundation. And, um, and, and that's another good way to help force yourself to organize. Uh, ACCS um, put together the ninth class on classical Christian ed- education, but the, the first eight classes are all just basic 501c3 startup process, getting your curriculum organized. So just it just holds your hands and forces you to do it. And then at ACCS, we have uh, two different things that are helpful. One, we have an accelerator class. And right now we have uh, Dr. David Seibel taking eight schools through a four-month school startup accelerator. He took 16 schools through it um, four months ago. And we're seeing that has tremendous success. So he, he um, some of the homework is that you have to step out and do fundraising, which Ron, I know you're very skilled at that some people are scared to do. And so it, <laughs> it, it forces, forces you to make the relationships and the asks. And then we also have um, ACCS auxiliums that some of our, our, um, schools, some of our most established schools host. Ambrose in Boise, Idaho, Meridian, Idaho hosted a couple. And then we had Rockbridge on the East Coast in um, near near uh, Annapolis, Maryland host one. And um, 
folks can attend those for two days and see how to run a school as well. So there's, and then, and then you can call us at any time. I field a lot of questions on startup schools. Just it's part of my job, just helping people. Yeah. And um, I, I know you've get, been hired on to help start a school and it's a, yeah. it's a neat thing. It's a neat thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I, I will recall, you know, Doug Wilson, um, he's the author of the book. I think we've mentioned recovering the lost tools of, of learning. Um, he, he likes to say, uh, quote Chesterton, which is, um, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And, um, <laughs> which, which flesh uh, that out. That's which, a great quote. Well, yeah. Fleshing that out is this, like, if there's something that really needs to get done, you should, you should just do it. And a lot of people hesitate to do it or they don't do it because they don't think they'll do it well. Well, if it needs to get be done, just do it. Even if it's not great, it, it can get better, right? So once something starts, you can make it better. Um, the, and if, but if you don't do anything, it never gets done. So, so that's that's that idea. If you've if you've got that that thought of like, man, I I I really really need that kind of school in my area. Um, well, don't don't worry about it being perfect. Just mm -hmm. just make the steps and 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 start it, and um, and it's it's worth it. I think that's, that's the, that, that's the, the, the point I think is when you're, when you're in this, um, it's a, you know, it's a struggle. I mean, let's be honest. There's, there's so many things that, um, the world is, um, you know, we have to fight the, the, the world, the flesh and the devil and, and it's, it's a spiritual battle, but it's good. And, and so because it's good, it's going to be a spiritual battle, you know, Satan's yeah. not going to let, let you, let you off the hook but it's worth the fight. Um, it's worth the fight. It is. Um, and so I would, I would encourage you to, uh, to, to go on the website. Um, it, what did you say it was ACCS? It's a uh, classical Christian.org. You and you and you and I are yes. both, uh, both been around long enough that we remember when it was ACCS edu.org, but, uh, Correct. but now it's classical Christian.org. <laughs> I still type that in, Ron. I still type the old yeah, one yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a bookmark, so I don't need to. I don't need to fiddle around. But you, know, you can also do a Google Google search it, and it's uh, it, it's and it's there. But go there and and uh, and 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 look through the website, and you know, take those to pray about it, and then take those steps. And um, I'd, I'd highly encourage it. It's very much worth it. And we now have uh, several different ways to pursue accreditation. So uh, a few years ago, we just had K through 12, five day a week accreditation. But now we have accreditation for uh, collaborative model schools. We have accreditation for K through six, accreditation through for K through eight, accreditation for seven through 12, uh, still accreditation for, for K through through 12. And, and, um, that's just a, a neat process to hold yourself to a, to a, a standard of, of excellence and, um, and all for Christ and his kingdom. So yeah, it's neat to see what's wonderful. going on. And, and, and one of the great right. things is that, that, um, we encourage folks to be like a wagon wheel, right? So Christ and his, and the word of God are central to all things, central to Latin, central to athletics, central to everything in the center of that wagon wheel. And then on the outside, everything is interconnected um, with those spokes coming back to Christ so that we can have a good, solid um, operation with, with Christ at the center. So, yeah. Ron, I love what, I love what you're doing. 
Well, thank you. I love what you're doing. <laughs> it's exciting. And you're going to be at, uh, well, I'll probably see you in Pittsburgh, huh? Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, lot it's, of fun. Uh, it's been fun getting to know you these past few years and, uh, and seeing how God is, is using you as a mighty warrior um, there in, uh, in Wisconsin and now across the nation. And yeah. it's just uh, it's just a beautiful thing. It's uh, it's nice to know that we have like minded friends that we can stand back to back with and and figure these things out, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate it, Tim, and um, Lord bless you, and and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you in in uh, in Pittsburgh. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. And if if your audience wants to reach out to me, they can find me at timdernlin.com. Um, or at, uh, on the ACCS website, and I'd be happy to answer questions or connect them with folks like you or others around the nation. Absolutely. And we'll put you, we'll put that on the show notes as well. So, all right. Thank you, Tim. Thanks brother. God bless you.